Well, today, um, I'm going to talk about a big word, faith. Most of you uh, would understand what faith is, but I'm going to just cover three different areas. We must have faith in Jesus Christ. That's obvious. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So obviously, all of us should have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Your faith can encourage others. That's another area that I'm going to be talking about, that people have encouraged me as a result of their encouragement, it got me to do things that I never thought I'd be able to do. And your faith in other people can do the same thing. And in reading your Bible, I believe with all my heart, will increase your faith. I mean, you know, you've heard Brother Wilkerson uh, say this many a times. What? Faith, what? Cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We know that if we listen to the Bible, we go to church, we read our Bible, we know that it is going to help us out. Now, if I were to ask you, what's the definition of faith? Faith is believing, right? Well, there's a little more to that. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 it teaches us to what? Trust in the Lord, and that's what faith is. Trust in the Lord with what? All thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. You know, that is what part of faith is. It's trusting in the Lord. Another part of faith is complete confidence. Complete confidence in the Lord. Uh, when you read his Bible, you need to have confidence, and his Bible is true. It's the word of God. Now, sometimes we have faith and confidence in things that don't seem to come out exactly the way we want to plan it. I can tell you some of the times that I've kind of goofed up in my faith, not so much spiritual faith. I can remember sitting in a, a plastic chair in our backyard. I didn't know that it had a broken leg, and as I sat down, I ended up on the floor or the concrete around our swimming pool. I can remember, uh, and this has never happened. You've heard about people going over a bridge and the bridge collapsed. Well, they had faith in that bridge. That bridge was going to hold them just like I had faith in that chair. Well, I can remember, uh, we've heard many, many times about the Titanic. People got on that boat with great faith, looking for a great time. But as a result, many people died as a result of that boat hitting a big iceberg. Probably you parents, I don't know about the moms, but many of you dads with your boy or girl, have put them up on a, a table or something like this pulpit right here and say, okay, jump to daddy. And the wife's probably saying, no, no, don't, don't, don't do that, you know. And what are they doing? They're putting their faith in daddy that he's going to catch them. And I've never dropped one of them yet. So uh, I can remember having faith in ice one time over Douglas Park. Some of you don't know that park. It's north of here in North Hammond. I think it's a different name now. But anyhow, uh, I had been on that ice already and saw some kid that I went to school with. And he says, uh, you know, that ice is not hard enough. It won't hold you. And I said, oh, yeah, it'll hold you. He said, no, nah, I wouldn't go on it. I said, watch, I'll show you. <laughs> uh-huh. I had faith that that ice was going to hold me. In fact, I'm walking. I'm walking all over the ice. I had so much faith, I started stomping my feet on it, which was the dumbest thing I could have ever done. I started stomping, and all of a sudden, I hear that ice cracking, and all of a sudden, boom, I'm in that that frozen, cold, freezing cold water, but praise the Lord, it was only up to about my chest. And as I'm trying to get out, I'm breaking the ice as I'm trying to get out, but I had faith in that ice, and it didn't hold me. We have faith in airplanes. You get on an airplane, you have faith in that, that pilot. He's going to get you where you want to go, right? You have faith in that airplane and all the mechanics in it. But sometimes that fails. But the most important person we can have faith, faith in Jesus Christ. That's a very, very important thing in our life that 
You've got to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, now, this is my first point. We must have faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, I guess it'd be now four years ago. Four years ago, the 3rd of July, my brother passed away. Well, his daughter, my niece, said, you need to talk to my dad. He doesn't even know he's going to go to heaven. I said, what? What are you talking about? He was a deacon in his church. He sang in a choir. He was a bus driver. He was a soul winner. He was active in this church. And she said, he doesn't know he's going to go to, go to heaven. So I thought, and he had pancreatic cancer. So I, need, I knew I needed to get up there to see him. And I go to the hospital, and, and I, it was perfect timing. It was in the morning. Nobody was there. And I talked to him, just a little bit friendly talk for a while. And then I says, hey, I want to ask you a question. What is this you, you say you don't even know you're going to go to heaven? He said, have you ever been there? Uh, I didn't expect him to say that. I said, no, I've never been there. But I have faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. I haven't seen heaven, but I have faith. And we're saved by faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. As any man should boast. Now, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, which is a great faith chapter, we all know that, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then think of what Hebrews 11, 6 teaches. But without faith, it is what? Impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So I, I quoted those verses, and I said, no, I haven't seen heaven. I haven't seen Jesus, but I have faith in him. And I started quoting scriptures on the gospel. And I says, you know this. You've already taught people this. The Bible teaches we're all sinners. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible teaches us that we can know for sure without a doubt we're going to go to heaven. And I went through the gospel with them all the way through, giving them the different scriptures and and just sharing with him how he could know for sure without a doubt he's going to go to heaven. And I knew he knew that already. But when I says, I want you to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And I want you to trust in him right now. And I want you to say this prayer with me. And I started saying the sinner's prayer. And tears started coming down his eyes. And he started saying the sinner's prayer with me. Now, did he get saved at that time? I don't know. He was backslid. He wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. He wasn't going to church like he was supposed to go. Sometimes you get backslidden and sometimes you lose your faith in the Lord, which you shouldn't because the gift of God is eternal life. We don't ever lose that. When you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, he promises you something. And what is it? The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So when you put your faith and trust in him, don't let somebody try to talk you out of saying that is not an eternal gift, because it is. You become a child of God, and when you have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, God doesn't have any eraser on his pen and say, no, <clears throat> oh, wow, look at this, Roy Moffat just sinned. I better take his name off the Lamb's Book of Life. If that be the case, none of us are going to make it. You think about that. So once in a while, you'll have somebody, they think that if they goof up, do wrong, they need to get it right with God. Instead of just asking God to forgive them of their sin, they end up thinking they're not saved, and they go through that. 
I went through it three different times. <clears throat> I have this microphone in my neck here, and I don't know how to get away from it. <laughs> I have that microphone there. It doesn't help. I guess if I want to cough, I go like this. <clears throat> Does that help? <laughs> uh, but anyhow, I went through it three different times. I was 12 years old, under Warren Wiersbe at Central Baptist Church. I can remember going forward. I can remember the lady talking to me. And I can remember how excited I was. Uh, at that particular time, I was a little bit late getting to my dad's car. He had a nice 1957 Chevy. And I walked to the car. The whole family's in the car waiting on me. And my dad said, where have you been? I said, oh, I just got saved, Dad. Oh, oh that's good. You know, he got excited, you know, so... Once I got older, any time I came home late, I just said, Dad, I just got saved. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that worked. But anyhow, Brother Jim Lyons, some of you know Brother Jim Lyons. Uh, he came out here with Brother Hiles. He talked to me, and, and I felt at that time I wasn't saved. So I, so I went through the motions again. And in 1967, um, Brother Hiles was teaching on Bible prophecy, and he talked about different things that must happen before the millennium. And when he did, right after he preached this message, we had that six-day war in Israel. And he said, let me share with you what I just shared with you that just happened in the six-day war that I said is going to have to happen before the millennium, and it happened. And I'm listening to all this, and I'm thinking, wow, this Bible's real. It's really real. And I'm sure some of you in our church in those days, you saw me go uh, forward again to profess my faith in Jesus Christ, I had already gone forward saying, I feel God's called me to the ministry. I was with Charlie Hand, uh, soul winning. And uh, I told him that I, I, I didn't uh, really know exactly what to say, but I told him, I feel God's called me to the ministry. And he says, well, Roy, you need to make that public. I said, what do you mean public? I had no idea what he meant. He said, well, you need to go forward in the church and let the people know you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So I did, and of all days I did do that, it was the day that Warren Wiersbe spoke in this church that evening. And Brother Howes used to call it clipping coupons. But I ended up, after that even, getting my, for sure, of my salvation. I got the assurance of my salvation. So I would say to anybody here, if you're not for sure, without a doubt, you're going to go to heaven, man, you need to talk to somebody. You could come and talk to me. There's a lot of people that can share the, the gospel with you to teach you how you can know for sure, without a doubt, you're going to go to heaven and not hope or think, but know according to the scriptures. So here's another area that uh, I think is very, very important in our life, and the Bible's very clear in teaching us that uh, our faith can encourage other people. Your faith can encourage people by you encouraging them. Uh, Brother Hiles encouraged me to go to Hiles Anderson College. Huh, let me just say this. I didn't want to. I didn't feel like I could make it. And I told him that I said, I had a hard time in high school. I, I don't see any way I could make it in college. He said, Roy, it's up to you. You can make it if you want to. And little did I know, his faith in Roy Moffat helped to build my faith. And I went to Hiles Anderson. I graduated from Hiles Anderson. Fact is, I, I was ordained, and I happen to have uh, a, uh, on my ordination paper, uh, inside the Bible, I have a copy of that. It says, uh, Brother Hiles had signed this affectionately, and he had, he had signed this on the inside of the Bible, affectionately presented to my son in the ministry, Roy Moffat, on his ordination day, Jack Hiles. Now, that was a tremendous honor to get that. But later on, when I graduated from Hiles Anderson, 
he gave me this Bible. This is his preaching Bible. There's over a hundred sermons in here. And some of you that have been in First Baptist Church for a long time, you remember Brother Howes would hit his hand on the pulpit and he would hit the Bible? Those dents are right in here on this Bible where he, and, and if you looked at this Bible, it is wore out. He definitely wore this Bible out. And there are over a, there's over 50 sermons in this Bible. Now, how you could read it, I have no idea. But I'm going to read some of the sermons that, as a result of his faith in Roy Moffat, I did graduate, and he just wanted to present me with a gift, and he gave me his preaching Bible. And one of the sermons, Is There a Hell? Some of you old-timers would remember that. God's Quorum, Is the Young Man Safe? Stay in Crete. These are some, and this was presented to me in, 1978 by Brother Hiles, and this was just his way of showing his love to Roy Moffat and letting me know that uh, he had confidence in Roy. And our faith in others can increase the faith in other people. Another person that showed great faith in Roy Moffat was Dr. Dennis Streeter. Uh, I was working with him on a bus route. I, I was his driver, and when, after we'd visit all the regulars, and we'd go door to door, door to door, trying to get new visitors. Well... <laughs> One day, and I've been going with him well over a couple of months, we go up the stairs and he says, okay, Roy, this one's yours. I said, what do you mean? He says, this one's yours. I says, you mean, you want me to do the talking? And he said, yes. And I had a bad feeling toward him at that time. I thought, this bum, he didn't warn me. He didn't tell me he was going to have me to try doing the soul winning. I'd have been sick today. Or I'd have prepared a little more, whatever. So I go to the house and I have this real spiritual knock. They didn't answer. I turned around and I says, well, Dennis, I had that one. You have the next one. <laughs> and so the next one he took. Well, then we had another one. I had the same knock. Some guy sees us coming up the stairs. He answers the door. Hi, we're out here visiting for our church. We have a Sunday school bus route out here, and I'd like to invite you to come ride on our Sunday school bus. The guy was older than I am. He was in his late 70s. Well, anyhow, uh, the guy says, well, I'm not interested in riding a Sunday school bus to church. Oh, man, my heart's just beating out of my chest now. Now I'm supposed to be doing the soul winning also. And so I asked him, I says, I want to ask you a question. If Jesus would come right now, do you know for sure without a doubt you'd go to heaven? He said, no, I don't know that, and I don't think anybody can know that. I said, if I could show you in the Bible how you could know that, would you be willing to accept it? He said, yes, and he invited us both into his house. We sat at his dining room table, and he called his wife in. She was in the kitchen, and he called her in, and I was able to present the gospel to this man and his wife. Both of them received Christ as Savior. Now, that's as a result of somebody having confidence in me or faith in me that I didn't have. And there's times that I believe all of us, we can, we can uh, just put our faith in people and realize they do have potential. And I would have to say that somewhere along the line, apparently, they saw some kind of potential in Roy Moffat, another Jack Mitchell's dad, Judson Mitchell. Um, we used to, have, I, I have Bible studies. I've been having Bible studies with people for probably close to 40 years. And uh, one day I was at the Hiles Anderson College and I had a morning Bible study with Judson Mitchell. And one day Judson said this, and, and 
Yeah, I'm a freshman at Hiles Anderson College. And he says, you know, I could see you someday as a bus director here at First Baptist Church. <laughs> I gave a big old horse laugh, and I said, what? Me? Charlie Hind, Wally Beebe, Jim Vineyard, Roy Moffat? Little did I know about six months later, when Brother Vineyard left, he recommended three different people, Denny Keniston, Ray Young, and Roy Moffat, to take over the bus ministry. And I ended up with 35 years working with the A bus ministry. And that was Judson Mitchell was his encouragement. He ended up telling me, he gave me that book, I Dare You. I don't know if any of you ever read that book, but kind of like a young man being challenged, and I dare you to take on this challenge to be a healthy young man, and so on and so forth. And uh, I guess I took that challenge, and I became a bus director here at First Baptist Church, and that was somebody that had confidence in Roy Moffat. Obviously, I live with somebody that has great confidence in Roy Moffat. A beautiful woman back there that we need you to be praying for her that she doesn't have to have surgery if she does get over it quickly. Uh, but Jojo has been a great, even, even for today, for this message, she's been an encourager to me. Another person that's uh, been, by, through their faith and encouraging others, was Marlene Evans. She was a tremendous, tremendous encouragement to me. <laughs> uh, I can remember one time in her class, you had to have a memorized a chapter in a Bible. And she called me up. Everybody had to be ready at this certain day. You didn't know if she's going to call on you or not. Well, she called on me and she said, Mr. Moffat, I'd like for you to come up and recite your chapter. I said, Mrs. Evans, I'm sorry, but I don't think I'm ready today. She said, I think you are. Come on up and recite your chapter. And, you know, I hate to say it, but I have this grit in my teeth like, oh, I can't believe this woman's doing this to me. So I got up there, and I did it word for word all the way through. And when I finished, she said, thank you. I thought you knew that chapter. She had more faith in me than I had in myself, but she brought it out. She apparently, in her mind, saw the potential in this old man and, and decided that she's going to challenge me, and she did. When in that same class one time, this is really crazy, some, some guy privately asked me, how many did you have in your bus route yesterday? Now, in those days, you could do crazy things. Uh, Rick Sparks, if you're here, this is years and years ago. But uh, <laughs> we had 135 in our bus route. And this guy asked me in class, privately, I was sitting in the front row, Mrs. Evans was directly in front of me, and he says, how many did you have in your bus route yesterday? And privately, I'm answering him, and I says, we had 135 in our bus route yesterday. Mrs. Evans happened to overhear that. And if you know Mrs. Evans, you had to be, in, in her speech class, she wanted you to be crazy. The crazier you were, the better off she would like you and give you better grades. So anyhow, she looks at me and she says, what did you say? And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? And I, and I did. I says, what do you mean? How many did you have in your bus route yesterday? I says, 135. She says, you had 135 in your bus route yesterday? And now I'm a class example. I don't even know if class had started officially, but now it's, you know, everybody's listening to this. You had 135 in your bus route yesterday? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, aren't you excited about that? I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> she says, then why don't you act like you're excited? And I says, well, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging. 
She says, oh, oh, now I get it. Now I get it. You had 135 in your bus route. You didn't pray over your bus route, and you didn't ask God to help you out on your bus route, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm just I'm feeling like I am really getting burned right here. <laughs> so as loud as I could, and I don't think I should do that right now, but it's, amen, praise the Lord, to God be the glory. We had 135 in our bus route yesterday. She said, thank you. That's what I wanted you to do. That was Mrs. Evans. She was able, she had faith in, in, in her students, and she had faith in Roy Moffat that she could get him to do things that he couldn't, he, in his mind he didn't think he could do. So my encouragement to you would be to encourage others to reach their potential. A lot of people have really helped me out that, that way. And then also, this is very obvious, the Bible will increase our faith. Now, I, Wayne Cowling, some of you would remember Wayne Cowling. When I first started Hiles Anderson College, I was having a Bible study with him. Every morning I'd go to his house, and, and I'd get to his house at 5 o'clock in the morning, and we'd read and pray. Uh, when we'd pray, he'd go in one corner, I'd go in the other, but we'd read for at least a half hour. We'd be reading Scripture together, and then when we were finished, we'd go to the other ends of the room, and we'd pray. Well, the more I got into God's word, the more I'm convicted about my lifestyle. And the Bible is cleansing, and the Bible teaches that the Bible is cleansing. And, and, and I had a relationship with somebody at the college that I, I really almost hated this guy. I, I looked at him as a phony. I looked at him as a hypocrite. Um, I, I looked at him as a big mouth. And, and that guy seemed like the Lord put that in my mind. You need to get that relationship right. Why was that? because I was in God's word, reading his word, and I felt like I needed to get this relationship right. So what did I do? I sit next to him in chapel. He sat in the front of the chapel, probably the second row from the front, and in the old Hiles Anderson chapel. And when something was preached good, he'd get excited. And not only get excited, he'd show it. Amen! And He'd hit me right in the thigh. I mean, he just really smacked me hard in the thigh. And, and, and I, oh, that was good, wasn't it? <laughs> He's trying, I think he was like Mrs. Evans, trying to get me to get a little excited. I wasn't excited like he was. And pretty soon a preacher would say something else. Hey, man! And he'd slap me in the thigh again. And, and uh, so I kind of got used to it. And, and I think he did get me a little more excited just by being next to him. But, I, you know, I saw him other ways outside of the college that I kind of looked at him as a phony, me being a Pharisee, you know, thinking I'm better than him or whatever. But anyhow, this, is a, this, this ends the story, and this is really great. About two years ago, we had a, a wedding here, and he was a part of that wedding. And we're talking, of, you know, many, many years ago, the last time I saw him, he walks in here and he sees me. And he says, Roy Moffat! And he comes up to me and he gives me a big hug. And I thought, oh, that's a guy that I couldn't stand at Hiles Anderson College. But I, no, I, I really, I, honestly, I mean this with all my heart. I felt like I, I got that situation right. And why was that? Because I was getting into God's word. And the more you get into God's word, I think it changes your life. So that would be a challenge to all of us. Do you have a time that you actually do get into your word? I have a Bible study with Roger Yoakum uh, every morning, uh, Monday through Friday, I call him up at 5.30, and we have a half-hour Bible study. We've been doing that for 28 years. And um, it's just, uh, he was coming over to my house for 20, what, 20, 25 years, I guess. 
Every morning he'd be at my house at 5.30, we'd read our Bible, pray at the end. Well, then COVID hit. And Roger, if you're not here and you're listening, COVID hit. So what happens with COVID? Everybody's afraid of everybody. He didn't come over to the house. I didn't want him to come over. Jojo didn't want him to come over. So we did it by phone. Guess what? Three years later, we're still doing it by phone. We don't have anybody. I'm not afraid of him. He's not afraid of me. I said, Roger, you can come back now. He said, that's all right. I like being in my pajamas. <laughs> so so he, he doesn't have to change. But I would say that by the both of us getting into God's word, reading and praying, and praying for many of our people in those morning prayers, uh, I guarantee you it has helped to build our faith. And I would just like to encourage all of you just to think about areas. Uh, have more faith in Jesus. Realize, trust in the Lord. Lean not into thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Too many times I think we want to try to do things on our own. We don't trust in the Lord. We don't have faith in the Lord. So my challenge to you would be, get a program where you're going to read your Bible. Before you get up or when you get up, uh, some people say I'm being very Catholic when I say this, but I always say the Lord's Prayer when I wake up. You're being Catholic. Well, if it is, it's the Lord's Prayer, and he gave it to all the Catholics and, and all us other people. But what do I pray in that? Thy kingdom come. What does that mean? I'm praying that he's going to come today. I pray every day that the Lord comes, and I do. I mean, I love my life. I love what I'm doing. But you know what? If the Lord would come today, I'm going to be very excited about that. So that's one thing that I do. I pray that every single morning. And then, obviously, your faith in others can encourage other people. You think of somebody right now, maybe somebody in your Sunday school class. That kid may be a problem kid. I wasn't the best kid in the world. <laughs> but God blessed Roy Moffat. And you might have some kids right now, you look at them and you think, oh man, that kid's a monster. He may be. But there's a future in that kid. And sometimes you can be the one that directs his future in the right way. And then the big thing is just to Make a time for you to spend time in your Bible, spending time in God's word, and in trusting in the Lord that he's going to bless you as you do it. So, my big invitation, can you believe that? I'm finished before 8 o'clock. Now, some of you are going to have to give me some money when I walk out of here. Uh, how many would say, I'd be willing to work on my faith? I'd be willing to work on my faith. I'd be willing to read my Bible. Do you realize some of you don't have a Bible study time at all? If I were to ask right now, how many of you actually have a time that you systematically read your Bible every day? I, don't, I won't ask that. I don't try to embarrass people. But there's some, some of you wouldn't be able to raise your hand. And that's the same way with soul winning. I'm not on soul winning today, but how many of you go soul winning? I mean, that should be a responsibility of every single person in this room telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ, giving out tracts and so on and so forth. So we're going to work on our faith in Jesus. We're working on trying to encourage other people because other people need encouragement. And other people have potential. Probably some of you sitting here right now, you think back, Keith Cowling was talking about how coaches are a tremendous inspiration to people. Coaches that really go out and try to give you the details and show you things. Well, those coaches have faith and confidence that those kids can make it, but they know that they're going to have to train them. 
And there's times that there's, you know, that's what our discipleship program is here at First Baptist Church. You get people to get into the ministry, and you are the one that can help out. If you're not discipling somebody, you need to do it. Get into your Bible and make it a part of your life. So, if I were to ask you right now, how many of you would be willing to say, yeah, I'm going to get into my Bible. Maybe I'm going to read it more. Or I'm going to just be in my normal routine of reading my Bible. If I were to ask you to raise your hand, I'd hope you'd all raise your hand. How many of you are going to be ones that are going to try to encourage other people? Seeing people that are going through a tough time. A lot of those people that are going through tough times are the ones that need to help the most. So you need to realize that and try to help them out and then just have that time where you're going to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. The most important thing you and I will ever do is put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. What profiteth the man if he gains the whole world? and loses his own soul. Without the Lord Jesus Christ, you have nothing. With the Lord Jesus Christ, that is more valuable than the whole world put together. Can you imagine that? By putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father.